Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Always glad to have a, a young reporter on from campusreform.org. Today it's Kate Anderson, who's on, I think, last month or two months ago. Uh, Kate, good to see you again. How are you? I'm really good, Joe. Thank you so much for having me on. It's always a pleasure. Uh, it's, it's my pleasure to have you on, and I love having you, you guys on from Campus Reform. The stories that you uncover really do mm-hmm. keep us in the know from campus, because otherwise I truly believe we would have no clue how radicalized some of these professors are, how nutty some of these campuses are. So thank you for doing that. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's it's something that I really enjoy. It's hard work, but I really enjoy doing it. Now, uh, you you've got your BS in um in political science from Omaha, from the University of Nebraska at Omaha. And yes. does that help? The, what you learned out there, you know, uh, studying your face off and getting that that great degree, does that help or or are you because you're a young inquisitive person, is that more the impetus when you're out there putting a microphone in somebody's face or reporting a story? You know, I think what helped me the most was just the experience of talking to different people and learning what a college campus was truly like because I'm reporting on it every day. So having some of that firsthand experience was very helpful. There were certain classes that I loved. I had a constitutional law professor who was absolutely vital. One of my beats um, for reporting is lawsuits. So learning from him was very, very helpful. But I would say for me overall, it was really the opportunities that I got because I was attending college not necessarily the coursework itself, unfortunately, but definitely the opportunities that college provided was very, very helpful for me. Makes sense. It's uh, Kate Anderson. You can go follow her, and I believe that it's it's Kalise, isn't it? Yep. Uh, it is, yep. at Kalise Anderson, and it's at K-L-I-S-E Anderson with an O at the end. Um, her, that's her Twitter, at Kalise Anderson. Go and follow her there. Uh, I, I mentioned quickly before we started today about the Queen passing, and it would be remiss of me not to ask you about that. Um, I'm imagining your early 20s, yes? Yes, yes, I Queen am. Elizabeth was 25 when her father mm-hmm. died, you know, and uh, unexpectedly, and had been the queen for like 70 years, which is amazing. So she was around your whole life. She's been around my whole life, and today we lost her. Um, does the monarchy, does the queen herself have any impact on somebody of your age and your generation or no? You know, I think it's really interesting that you bring up her age. She was very young when she assumed, you know, the throne. And I think there's something very admirable. She was the longest reigning monarch uh, to date. And she was a very much a fixture of British society, but also kind of an American fascination yeah. with the monarchy and with royalty in general. And I think the things that she was able to accomplish, they were admirable. You know, for someone to hold a position like that for that long and to keep something together and to keep something stable is 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 a really big accomplishment in my eyes. So I do think there's, you know, some relatableness for people my age. Again, she was she was my age when she assumed the throne. So I try to think of myself you know, becoming queen of an entire country at my age, and that's that would be incredibly daunting. I would yeah. not want that task. Yeah, and as you know, I mean, well beyond the country, the Commonwealth was so much more. I mean, she still was the queen of Australia. She was the queen of Canada, was the queen of many countries in Africa still to this day. So it's kind of amazing um, how much we look at her in a positive light, knowing that she was basically a monarch of, of millions of people. So in your generation, is it more about Harry and Meghan Markle? Is it more about, about Prince William? Um, the queen is sort of the queen. She was the, the, the person who was always there, the fixture. But then the royal family, is that still attractive to somebody your age too? I mean, do you keep track of them? 
Oh, definitely. I I watched William and Kate's wedding. I was just fascinated by it. I was I will say I was more fascinated by Will and Kate than probably Meghan and Harry. Although there was something really exciting, you know, to have an an American princess technically. Right. right. Um. But I know with Meghan and Harry, there's a lot of controversy there. She's kind of fallen out of the good graces of both the American and the British people. Right. But I think there is still some magic to to the royal family in Britain for Americans and I'm sure for those in England. You know, it's just there's there's this allure and this very interesting kind of aura around them. And I think it will still continue for a long time. I don't think right. that's going to go away um, anytime soon. But It'll be it'll be very interesting to see how that develops. It's funny because I didn't watch William and Kate getting married. I mean, I I saw it, of course, we talked about it on the show, but I didn't spend time watching it. But when I was sixteen or seventeen, that's when Lady Diana married Prince Charles. That was the biggest TV program like in history. Everybody on the planet was watching that. So I get what you're talking about the allure of watching this pomp and circumstance and and this grandeur that that goes along with being a king or a queen or a prince or a whatever. And it's interesting because they're worth billions and billions of dollars. And again, they're monarchs, they're rulers. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, I mean, I saw Queen Elizabeth as somebody looking to help her fellow man always and always looking to to make sure that they were doing what was right for society. It, does your generation see it the same way? Yeah, I think there is a lot of that. I think that's what we always hope for in a ruler, right? You know, whether that be, or maybe not so a ruler, but a leader of a country, whether that be the president or the Queen of England, we're always looking for someone to be that inspirational figure who is representing the best of us. And I think in a lot of ways, Queen Elizabeth did that. She represented, you know, stability and strength and, you know, consistency. She was a very consistent queen. She was very, very stoic which is very, again, very, very admirable for holding a difficult position. Being queen is not an easy position. So I do think it's interesting uh, to watch all of this go down. And, you know, I definitely feel for the family at this time because they're losing a grandmother, too. She's not just a queen. She's a grandmother. She's a mother. And... And that's always hard. Yeah. Well, without a doubt. You didn't know we were going to talk about this. Thank you very much. Very eloquent what you had to say. I appreciate you going there. It is uh, Kate Anderson from CampusReform.org. Let's get into the stories. An exclusive uh, for CampusReform.org, George Mason University students um, for life, that group, the Students for Life, harassed by pro-abortion student. What happened here? Yeah, so it kind of gives a whole new meaning to the phrase going back to school, doesn't it? And so the Leadership Institute's campus reform obtained videos showing a student harassing a student for life group at George Mason University. He got up in several students' face. He was belligerent. He stole flyers and then he trashed them. And this is something that we see a lot with campus reform, this kind of behavior. And he also told the students that this was in his First Amendment rights. He was well within his rights to be no, doing no. these things. I, I, I know I might be on crack or something, but it's not within his First Amendment right to destroy somebody else's property and to squelch somebody else's free speech. He doesn't get that? No, no, absolutely not. I mean, we we all know that the the First Amendment gives you the right to freedom of religion, freedom of expression, freedom of speech. But you, like you said, you don't get the right to destroy property. You don't get the right to harm someone or harass someone just because they hold a different view than you. But that's that's a trend that we see more and more uh, anymore. And it's it's very disturbing, especially when you see someone justify it with something like the First Amendment. What bothers me is that he's in college. 
And he should know. And if he's learning about the Constitution, it's like 16 pages long. Just freaking read it. It's not that hard to read and understand that he doesn't have the right to to commit a crime. Destroying property is a crime. It's vandalism. You know, harassing somebody can be assault, even if you don't touch them. So at the end of the day, he has every right to say, I'm I'm pro-choice and I'm against you lifers. And he can hold up a sign and he can do a march. But he can't go beyond that. And it's a very simple rule to follow. Your rights stop where mine start. And if you understand that... And we're all going to be better off. So this this loon to, to this day thinks he has the right to do it. Is, is he facing the music? Did they arrest him? Anything? Uh, no, not to my knowledge. Uh, I, there was no there was no follow up with that. He didn't technically harm any students. So I have a feeling there will be little response from the university. But again, this is really common. We see this a lot yeah. on college campuses, pro life groups specifically, especially since. You know, the overturning of Roe, we've seen it more, and it's. I have a feeling it will be a trend as we go through the fall semester. But we've seen it before this. This isn't a new thing for yeah. pro-life students or just pro-life, you know, individuals in general. That We've seen churches, you know, set on fire, pregnancy centers, uh, you know, they're trashed and destroyed. And yes. we see the same thing on campus where there's pro-life memorials that are vandalized. And it, it happens all the time. And that's because they're allowed to do these things and they think it's okay and they, they think that they're justified in it. Good point, because this person should be arrested for vandalism, destruction of property, whatever. It's not okay. It's not in his rights. It's Kate Anderson uh, from uh, campusreform.org. Make sure you go there. Radical sex education now beyond colleges. It's hitting K-12 through curriculum in rural America. And I want that story, but before we get there, let me just ask you this. Can you, has anybody ever told you as a reporter in your, in your personal life, here's why parents want kids to be sexualized? I can't figure out why it is we've got drag queens doing shows for children and why we're taking kids to bars to go see some illicit sex act. It's very, I, I don't understand it. Nobody has yet said to me, well, Pags, here's why it makes sense. Has anybody told you why it makes sense? No, I, I've heard reasoning at times or what you, what they would call reasoning, yeah. but it's not acceptable. It, there's, there's no reason you can give me for a child to be on a drag queen as she's spinning around on a stripper pole. That, that's not acceptable. That's, well, that's harmful to children, yeah. and we should never be allowing that. And parents who do that should be held responsible. Left and right alike should both be exactly in line with what you just said. What is the story specifically here that, that you guys said on campus? Yeah, so you know, we talk a lot about how colleges are promoting things like gender ideology and gender expression and gender identity. Those are very, very common staples on your college campuses. But what we're seeing is that this moves from college campuses to you know young children, young students. At Yale, for instance, there was a pediatric gender programs director who said in a video that she's performed or that the school has performed medical gender transitions for children as young as three years old. What the heck? And this, yes, and this kind of stuff happens regularly and we're seeing it come from higher education and bleed into our K through 12 system. So this story is about a school district in Wisconsin that approved a radical sex education curriculum for children from kindergarten age to high schoolers. And, you know, these young kids are going to be learning that if you feel like a boy today, that's okay. Even if you're a girl, and if you feel like a girl tomorrow, that's great. Do you know how confusing that is for children? Right. But that's what we're approving. And that comes from colleges. We saw it there first, and now it's bleeding into our colleges or if, into our, our K through 12 education. Exactly right. It's uh, Kate Anderson, campusreform.org. Go and follow Kalise Ka- Anderson over on uh, on Twitter. K and then L-I-S-E Anderson over on Twitter. Yeah, I mean, you're exactly right about that. And, and at some point, parents have to figure out what's happening in those schools and homeschool them, send them to a private school, figure something out.
and then move on. Michael Knowles, friend of mine, says university that denied his speech pretends to be Catholic. Where did this happen? Yeah, so this was a Catholic university, Saint, uh, the University of St. Thomas, and they denied Michael Knowles, who is a Catholic, uh, from speaking on campus because his views on transgenderism, you know, he's made statements like men are men and women are women, and they, the school believes that those, those statements go against their Catholic views. They're very strongly held Catholic views, and I actually got to talk to Michael Knowles about this situation, and he said it was very ironic considering the views that he often espouses about you know, transgender ideology, they were considered up until recently very traditional. You know, this isn't this isn't something new, but this this hold on these views and this advocation for pushing this on children and on young adults, that's something new in the Catholic faith. And so he found that very interesting and I, I would agree with him. I, I grew up Catholic, I'm a non denominational Christian now. Um I can't find in any of the literature in Catholic teachings or in the Bible that we read um, as Christians, the New Testament, where it says you can change your gender, change your sex, and it has to be accepted by society or else you're breaking our values. Does the Catholic institution, does St. Thomas, do, do they say, here's what in our teaching this violates? You know, they, they talk about their their values and some of their, their core mission statements, things. Right. They mention things like diversity and honesty and, okay. you know, seeking truth. And in, you know, on their face, those things are good. They're good. Yeah. And I think that's something admirable to aspire to. But something that this university also has advocated for, something unique for a religious university, is in their Student Bill of Rights. They have an entire section dedicated to students' expression and students' right to talk about ideas or hear about ideas and how important and vital that is to their education. And yet, again, this university is banning someone who is Catholic from speaking on a very traditional viewpoint. So I think that's a really concerning trend that parents, especially religious parents, should be paying attention to when they send their kids to these colleges. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert, uh, Christianity and Catholicism, even very specifically, does not teach you can change your gender and that it's somehow bad to say men are men and women are women. It's just, it's dumb that they're doing it and it makes them look really, really stupid to to make, you know, one half of the political landscape feel better about it. It's very odd. Uh, you know, people actually do respond well when you say, here's my value system, take me for what I am. Uh, they, they don't respond well that you're very wishy-washy and have no backbone and this university is going to find that out. It's Kate Anderson, uh, campusreform.org. One last one. Uh, Cooney, is that the city, University of New York? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, the union president there, of course, blames white Christian nationalism for anti-Semitism on campus. What? Yeah. So there was a meeting on campus to discuss several anti-Semitic uh, incidents that have happened on all of the campuses at Cooney. And this professor came up during the meeting and blamed the anti-Semitism that was happening on white Christian nationalism, which is a very, it's a, it's a very interesting statement. It's a very interesting position to take. You know, anti-Semitism is a problem on campus. Yes. It's a problem across America. But what's not causing it is white Christians. Right. You know, white Christians, like, for instance, I am a white Christian. And I have a deep respect for the Jewish faith because Christianity comes out of Judaism. So to to suggest that because of my race or my faith that I am perpetuating hate 
against the Jewish community is is awful. And it, it's an awful thing to accuse someone of. Yeah. And I can't imagine what it would be like, or I can't imagine actually, because I was a student not too long ago. And I can imagine that those students who are Christian are terrified. It also does nothing for the Jewish students. That's not solving the problem of anti-Semitism on campus to blame Christians. Uh, you know, uh, we're a Judeo-Christian society. Our value system is, is such. And again, um, the promised land is Israel. And those of us who are Christian know that. So my question is, and very quick answer if you don't mind, do they offer any evidence of white Christian nationalism causing this? No, the professor just made this statement. He made multiple other statements. He was also he is also the president of a union that condemned Israel. So I think it's Come very on. clear how he feels <laughs> about this whole situation. I'm sorry. It's probably about religion in general. <laughs> so he's probably a pro-Palestine guy, and he condemned Israel, but he's standing up for the Jews. It doesn't make any sense. But, but Kate, you know that it doesn't make any sense, and I love that you guys are exposing it because this is just dumb and the only listen anybody watching and listening do what kate does do what they do at campus reform if somebody says something stupid and they try to pretend it's a fact just ask them to back it up and they can't and they'll run away uh, kate i appreciate the work that you do uh, hopefully everybody will go check it out at campusreform.org and follow her at k-l-i-s-e-a-n-d-e-r-s-o-n over on twitter i appreciate you kate let's do it again soon yeah yeah thank you so much sure. i had a great time you're very welcome we're back after this stay right here This is the Joe Pag Show. Great to have you. Really appreciate having the young reporters on from campusreform.org every single Thursday. Just like twice in the past several years, we've moved it to another day because of breaking news or whatever. But they, they do such a great job. Go to campusreform.org. Go follow them on all the social media. Check out the, the Man on the Street videos they do, which are amazing. You're really, really going to like them. I think Kate did a, a great job again today. We appreciate her coming on. Let's do some pop culture. Bop. Dirty pop. All right, brother, man, what's happening, Polo? Well, I, I'm assuming you probably don't know this, but tonight is the start of the NFL football season. I honestly did not know that. Okay, and I'm assuming that um, the Buffalo Bills probably aren't too happy with this because they're the ones that are playing in SoFi Stadium tonight against the, the LA Rams. Okay. But OJ Simpson posted a video, you know, wearing a, a Buffalo Bills hat saying and saying that he's back in LA. And that's probably not oh, the man. look that they were wanting, you know, for opening I would, night. I would not want that. I'm yeah. just going to put it out there. Yeah. yeah th- th- thanks for no thanks, OJ. Yeah. Appreciate you. All right, Polo, thank you, man. Have a good night. Sam, thank you very much. Carrie, get better and get back here quickly. I'm Joe. We'll see you tomorrow. Same time, same place. Have a good one. This is the Joe Pegg Show. <laughs> 